Nanny, I'm so excited to have her with us. Excited um, to be here. Welcome, Lena. You're co-founder and creative officer at Adam Wamimish. Mish Mish. Mish Mish. It's a startup company um, that creates high-quality content for kids to help them uh, learn Arabic in a fun and easy way using cartoons. Mm -hmm. Cartoons ah. and music. Exactly, and music. So it's a literacy program, and it's also a family affair. We'll dive into that. When did you start the whole project? Uh, so we started in 2016, six years ago. But it's just booming. So it's more than 80 episodes on YouTube, 23 million views in 50 countries, 100,000 uh, subscribers, It's books. It's a brand new app with augmented reality. It's a global musical tour. And you just last year, you won the uh, AHSF Innovation Award in Jordan, where you're from, mm -hmm. which is yeah. quite a lot to celebrate, isn't it? <laughs> mm, definitely. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far. So it's uh, edutainment at its best. Definitely. We could yeah. say that. Um, I like to provide context because I profoundly believe that where we're from, what we were as a kid, influences what we become. You know, I haven't found someone that likes something and when they were 10 and totally dropped that out and, you know, forgot about it. I think there's really weaving through our lives. So I was just wondering, Lena, 10 years old, what was she interested in? What was her world like? Oh, uh, so Lena as a 10-year-old was uh, books. I loved reading. I uh, loved music. Uh, I love Disney, which is really funny because I think uh, the way that we envision Adam and Mishmish going is to kind of become the Disney of the Arab world. Fingers ah. crossed. Um, so I loved, uh, yeah, you know, watching musicals. I loved uh, singing, mostly badly at that age, but I loved singing and um, and making tunes up and stuff as I kind of went along. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember that much of uh, Lena as, t as a 10-year-old, but those are kind of the things that, that pop up. And interestingly enough, you went into theater and you're also uh, the voice in the episodes, a singing voice, a beautiful voice. So it stems from somewhere, right? Definitely. Um, I was saying that it's a family affair because your co-founder with your sister. Uh, she's a musician, so is her husband. And then there's you. And and Adam is inspired by someone. My nephew. So yeah, my nephew um, and even my... So my mother is an yes. amazing Arabic professor who uh, uh, has a background in Arabic literature and has a background in also child development. So it's been a very essential, integral part of of our journey where she's helped us with we write the lyrics ourselves but she makes sure it's all very correct arabic because mm. uh, i'm not sure if you know how difficult arabic is as a yes. language to learn because it's sort of two languages in one you have your classical arabic that is kind of the unified arabic that arabs across 
the region speak. And then there's also the different dialects that, uh, you know, each country has on its own. And sometimes we don't even understand each other in our in our mm. separate dialect. So this is kind of the Arabic that unifies us all is the classical Arabic, but it's also the more difficult Arabic with very strict rules. <laughs> so she's an expert in that and she helps us with. Uh, wow, nice uh, synchronicity there, isn't it? Mm, definitely. <laughs> so for everybody to know, we met 10 years ago in London because mm -hmm. we did our MA together um, at Central St. Martin's and our MA was called a funky title, Applied Imagination in the Creative Industries. Mm -hmm. So, well, to me, it was one of the most interesting experience of my life to have people from around the world working together, each with a specific subject they wanted to investigate, uh, with a very human-centered uh, design, design thinking approach to research, which was just so exciting and nourishing. I found our, in our papers what your question was for your Emmy project then. You wanted to answer this question. So how can Jordanian pop culture promote re-identification to Arabic language? There was there's a core issue with language mm. you were telling me about. And I would mm. really love for you to tell us more about that. Yeah. So definitely there's a huge problem, like I was saying before, because Arabic is so difficult and because it's sort of like two languages in one, um, there becomes this disidentification with it because of how difficult it is and on a higher scale because of how little high quality content there is mm. in the Arabic language that is engaging and, and fun for kids to, to kind of engage with and identify with. And so because of that, uh, I personally didn't grow up speaking Arabic as much as I did speaking English. Mm. So I spoke a lot more English because, as I said earlier, I was passionate about the Disney Channel and I was passionate about watching these kinds of uh, musical cartoons and movies. Um, and uh, that doesn't really exist in Arabic, mm -hmm. especially back when I was a, when I was a kid. That wasn't something that was available. We had cool anime series that was dubbed in Arabic. But it wasn't, mm. you know, written original in content in Arabic. 100%. Um, there was so, none? Uh, none that I know of. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, there's very few now. So you can only imagine when I was yeah. a kid back in the day, <laughs> a long time ago, <laughs> um, it didn't, it didn't really exist. It was just that anime that was dubbed, but it wasn't original. It wasn't like uh, an Arab, Arabic person, Arabic speaking person mm -hmm. who understands the psyche and, you know, the background of, of kids creating something for them that didn't really exist, uh, which is, you know, how we came into play. And, you know, it's funny how kind of it, how it all kind of rolled around to me being in this point as a, a content creator in Arabic for kids, especially as you were saying, my my uh, dissertation was about promoting read identification with the Arabic language. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like I was out of touch with it, and I was thinking, you know, why, why do I not, why don't I speak as much Arabic uh, as I do English? Why do I only read in English? Why do I watch things in mm -hmm. English? You know, and a huge part of that was because from my research there isn't enough content, and so a few years later, three, four years later, my sister has her son, and he's one one year old. And uh, he starts speaking, and his first words are in English. Mm. And my sister's like, "Hold on, you know, he—that's great. He should speak English, uh, but he also needs to have his mother tongue as a base. You know, he needs to because be speaking. Because his sister is in Jordan, exactly. Right? So she's in Jordan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he needs to be speaking Arabic. So 
she was like, okay, it must be because there's a lot of uh, cool English content that I put for him, songs and these really high quality books. Let me find some things in Arabic and that way he can engage with it a bit more. And because of the research that I had done years earlier and the research that she started doing, you know, on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, she couldn't find anything. And anything that she did find was such low quality that he he hated it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. He had this other option of these cool you know, Coco Melon and I don't know what uh, YouTube channels that uh, were very engaging for him. So why would he choose something that was, you know, subpar to that? And mm -hmm. that was also, you know, kind of make, making a, a, you know, not make, taking advantage of the intellect of, of a child, Absolutely. you know. And Because, it's a huge issue with identification, cultural identification. Mm -hmm. If you 100%. don't see that diversity, if you don't, if you cannot relate, if you live in a world... That makes sense. But then you can't relate to what you see through the channels that you're learning from, through the channels that you grow through. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. a, a huge problem. And it's a problem worldwide. How amazing. I just think it's just wonderful <laughs> that you, you, you were interested in that, in your MA project. And then life brought together the circumstances to just push that forward. And clearly, to see how popular it is, knowing that it hasn't existed in its full form for a long, long time, mm. there was clearly a, a need for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we, we kind of just started um, simply by creating songs for him in their living room. Okay. And, uh, and when we saw that he was engaged and he started singing back, Uh, in Arabic and he started speaking Arabic words we were like oh wow he's thirsty for it mm -hmm. you know we're all thirsty for this high quality Arabic content that we just don't have how do you go from your sister's living room I was like oh we've got something here to what it is now just only a few years later yeah so it's been a very interesting journey in that it did started in her living room we started just doing a couple of songs starting with like real basics of you know Um, the ABC song uh, in Arabic. We wanted to create something that there. There is a really old one, uh, okay. but we wanted to to create something that was new. Um, an Arabic ABC song, and we started with that, and he loved it, and it was very dancey. And then we we're like, okay, let's try a number song, and he loved it, and it was very dancey. And when we saw that he was engaged, and you know, we saw how thirsty he was, and and how thirsty my sister was and, and her husband for content like that, we thought surely other parents, you know, have that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, want to quench, yeah, have that need. Um, so we, we said, you know, why don't we record these songs? See what happens, you know? So we, we recorded the songs. Um, we contacted this amazing artist friend that we had um, called Lutfi Zayed. Um, and he's, you know, very popular in the region. Um, And we said, listen, you know, we're creating this content for kids in Arabic because there isn't any. And we think, you know, what would really complement it is a high quality cartoons that are colorful, um, you know, that aren't generic. That uh, And uh, when he listened to the music, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll create some characters for that. Um, and he created the first couple of animations for it. Um, and then we took on uh, this uh, Arabic, uh, it doesn't exist anymore, uh, website called Afkarmina, where it's like a crowdfunding website. Okay. And so we put our content there and we're like, you know, we feel like there's a need. If you agree, you know, help us out by creating an album, um, which, you know, 
within a few months or a few weeks, I can't remember, we had the money that we needed. We created wow. our first album uh, with the cartoon. So it was like one to three minute animations with the songs. Um, and then we kind of, from there, gained popularity and decided, you know, we should apply for funding from, you know, mm-hmm. cultural foundations. So Abdul Hamid uh, Cultural Foundation in Jordan um, supported us for two years. And uh, we created several, you know, albums um, uh, and seasons that are on YouTube. Uh, and then with their help, you know, they wanted us to do some outreach programs in Jordan. So we decided to do live concerts uh, across, you know, the Jordan. We went to Amman, the capital, went to Idbid, went to a couple of Karak, you know, a couple of other cities around. Um, and they kind of wanted us to to take it to another level. So um, in, this, so in 2019, we decided, you know, why don't we write a play, uh, like a okay. musical play? Um, and, you know, we can also ha- do an out- outreach program and bring kids from, you know, surrounding cities, uh, yeah, outreach programs and uh, got some kids from schools and cities uh, to to the capital on a stage called uh, in Haya Cultural Foundation or Cultural Center. Um, and it went really well. That was the first play that we did um, almost three years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Um <laughs> So we did it and it went really, really well. Uh, we had to add like three, four extra days because there was such wow. high demand for it. Wow. There's, again, thirst yes. for this kind of content, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of how it went from music to theater. But in between, we also, you know, saw that there aren't enough high quality books. So you mentioned books yes. earlier as well. So we also have a book series, um, our first book series that came out um, last year. It was going to come out earlier, but then the pandemic happened. Yeah, so. the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic. But actually, the pandemic in some funny way was good for us because people were online a lot more. So yes. our YouTube channel went like went up 160% wow. um, in terms of viewership because, you know, they want there's not enough Arabic content. And they're like, oh, cool. Here's the channel. Absolutely. And then recently, you've been on tour as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, after the success of the first play, uh, we were going to go and take the play to Abu Dhabi um, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the pandemic happened, yeah. so all of that was on hold. So in those two years, we did uh, we started working on a mobile application and a curriculum uh, that was in Arabic to engage kids in a different way mm-hmm. online, which is what, you know, was needed at that period of time. Um And then once the pandemic started slowly, I mean, it's not gone, but, you know, life came back to almost normal. (laughs) And uh, Expo 2020 in Dubai opened up. They contacted us um, and um, and they're like, we we want you to create a performance for us. That's, you know, exclusive or not specific Mm -hmm. for Expo. Uh, So we wrote a play called Insects in the Garden. Um, And so we did that. Uh, in December of 2021. Um, and we were there for, it, it was going to be really like uh, eight shows, um, but because there isn't enough Arabic content or enough Arabic shows, we ended up doing 26. So in December, we did 26 shows. And that went really well. I saw this article that your sister Luma was featured in the project is part incubation at uh, Ryerson University in Toronto. 
will you come tour here <laughs> for instance we might we might so um like you said we came back on uh, friday from dubai doing a whole month uh, mm-hmm. in expo um and we also went back to abu dhabi where we were supposed to do our show in 2020 so we did it in march this year instead we have a tour in philadelphia hopefully fingers crossed or one show not necessarily a tour and it's possibly going to happen i won't say when uh because it's not confirmed uh but you know that's the hope is that we go all around you know north america and europe and you know regionally and you know go to um you know the arab community and the expats who live here and all over um and try and you know get that content to them mm-hmm. and so especially um in this day and age and and you know in north america and in europe where there's this like shift that's happening right all over and i think as arabs we don't see enough representation and enough arab content not just in the region but also we don't see people like us who are mm-hmm. creating this content and we and there isn't enough content that we can relate to you know and so i think it's very important for us to bring it to arabs all over the world not just in the region absolutely how do you envision the future for them wamishmish yeah so um we we have so many kind of directions mm-hmm. that we can go and that we want to go uh we're still you know a startup in in uh, mm-hmm. in some ways because we only became an official business two years ago really uh, where we got our first investment and we started working on this mobile application um and so it's honestly just about growing and uh, being able to take it in those directions so we definitely want to do more tours uh honestly theater and tours were we're not so much going to be the forefront of Adam Mishmish but we saw how popular it was in Expo and in Abu Dhabi um because of that lack of live mm-hmm. not just content but even live content that kids can go to and yeah. the, their parents can take them to and like you said parents also love our content mm-hmm. because we're creating it with them in mind because there are so many songs that you listen to for kids that are just so grating <laughs> and you cannot keep listening to it all day every day so what we've tried to do is to create content that is catchy for parents and for kids you know we get a lot of messages from parents saying even when my kids are not in the car anymore after i've dropped them off at school i'm still listening to the to the songs and i'm and i'm okay with it i'm not like oh thank god you know yeah. let me turn it off um, do you think maybe it nourishes the the little child they were who didn't have access to that yes. and probably would have loved it yes i mean i would have loved it i honestly yeah. would have loved it and we we actually get a lot of parents saying i wish i had this when i was a kid um and so We're, we're nurturing that and uh, we just want to continue to do that create more songs create more youtube videos because while we do want to you know as a company make money and grow and stuff we still want to have that base for for parents to go to on youtube just to kind of you know we have 88 songs and growing on youtube um amazing so continue Very to prolific. do that <laughs> yeah yeah thank you <laughs> Um, continue to do that uh, more apps you know more and create a curriculum more tours just kind of yeah keep growing I want to um, 
end with a quote uh, from actually your sister, because I, I just, I thought it was amazing. So in the Rearson today, she said, not only, speaking, of course, of, of uh, Adam Wamishmish, mm-hmm. not only will it enrich the Arabic language and the way children in the early years experience it, but it will also bring joy to Arab communities everywhere. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that Uh, seeking happiness is quite overrated. I think seeking joy is way more important and building happiness out of small moments of joy. But if everybody yeah. anywhere can access joy and promote joy through who they are and, and what they love. And I thought the joy thing for me is 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 huge. And you can just feel it the way you talk about the, the, the project. It's mm-hmm. so joyous, very, very inspiring. Thank you so much, Lena. Would you have a last word? So in the show notes, what I'll do is I'll um, put all the links to the website, to the YouTube channel, to the app, which is just, uh, again, so cool, so innovative. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, we have two apps, actually. So there's one that's augmented reality that's connected to our yes. books that we have. And you can put it over the book and then like the, the, the words of the whatever animal is uh-huh. spoken. And um, and then there's the one that's specifically more educational. And, educational, you know, yeah. There's flashcards. There's uh, more mini books. There's craft projects, mm-hmm. activity sheets, uh, games soon to be as well. Thank you so much, Lena. I mean, best of success and uh, may the joy... <laughs> spread for everyone to discover it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us today. You can refer to the show notes for more information and links about the subjects we've discussed in this uh, episode. I hope you've been able to identify how you can integrate innovation and creativity in your daily life. If you would like to dive in or know more, you can contact me on my website, enoughcrea.com. Special thanks to Millimetric, who composed my music themes, I encourage you to discover his music on Bandcamp. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Mm-hmm.